Well, John Piper is a Christian. That's not a secret. But how was he converted? When was he converted? Where was he converted? All questions you want to know. And I see them in the inbox with frequency. And uh, they are questions I think I can help answer today in a sermon clip from a 1998 sermon on the book of Romans. Uh, Here, Pastor John is sharing the story of his life as it's been woven into the book of Romans and as the book of Romans has been woven into his life. It's a very close relationship, obviously. Here's what Pastor John said. I don't remember my conversion. I was six, my daddy tells me, at my mother's knee in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, at a motel on vacation in 1952. All I remember is believing. I've always believed as far as I can remember. I'm sure that's not true since we come into the world bit out of shape by sin, but whatever God did in my life to make me a believer, he did so early, I don't remember it happening. A lot of you in this room are in that position and you sort of regret it because you don't have any stunning testimonies to tell about how you were saved. However, I learned what happened to me from Romans. I'm going to tell you what happened to me. I don't need to remember. I know from the Bible what happened to me. And as I say what happened to me, would those of you in this room right now who wonder if it's happened to you, listen carefully. We prayed downstairs that at this point in the service, not just at the end, but at this moment right now in the next 60 seconds, God would save people. That's how it happens. God breaks through the word. He makes plain the gospel and the need and the glory and the sufficiency, and he does it. There are four things. One... All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 2. The wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 Third. God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8. Therefore, if you will confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and in your heart believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Where is that found? Romans 10, 9. Romans 10, 9. So even though I don't remember what happened to me, I know what happened to me from the book of Romans. The book of Romans interprets life, life that you don't even know about, you read about in the book of Romans. I went to college, 1964, thinking I'd be a doctor. Maybe a veterinarian if I, my hand shook too much. Doesn't matter if you make a mistake on a dog. <laughs> That's really the way I thought. 
September 1966, in a painful and precious providence, I was in the hospital for three weeks, and God changed my life's direction powerfully, irreversibly. I testify now these 32 years later. He moved me from that trajectory to the trajectory of the ministry of the word. Won't detail about it, but you can read about it in future grace. The point I want to make is this. That fall, I had planned to move into a dormitory suite with three other guys and did. But in January 1967, it was very plain to me, this is not the best circumstance for what God's doing in my life. I want to study. I want to pray. I want to think. And this dynamic here is not ideal. So I made a special mid-year plea and was allowed to move to Elliott Hall alone in a single room. And I lived in a single room for the next year and a half so that I could pursue God and read and pray. And I can almost smell it and I can sure see it. It's yellow, big black print on the front. Nothing very fancy in those days on paperbacks written by John Stott called Men Made New, an exposition of Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. And I can remember reading those pages at my desk in that room like it was yesterday because of the powerful Work that was going on in my life confirming what happened in September of 1966 that this is my life. This is my life. This handling of the Word of God is what I want to do more than anything. I want to know this book the way John Stott knows Romans 5 to 8. So Romans became not only the interpretation of my conversion, it became the confirmation of my calling to the ministry. Then came seminary. 1968 to 1971 in Pasadena and the cataclysmic effect of two great classes. There were more than two, but two great ones. Romans 1 to 8 with Daniel Fuller where phrase by phrase for 14 weeks my mind was blown. And then the climactic class called Unity of the Bible, in which Romans 9 to 11 became the substructure of reality. And all the pieces were put in place that have never changed to this day. The great discoveries of the sovereignty of God over all things and the magnifying of His name and the enjoying Him and thus magnifying him, because that's the end for which God created the world, everything fell into place with Romans being the foundation on which it all stood. Three years in Germany to study, six years at Bethel College, over and over again returning to this theme of the sovereignty of God, and over and over again watching Romans 9, move into center stage with controversy back and forth about what this chapter is all about. These awesome, awesome pictures of the sovereign freedom of God as a creator. 
In the fall of 1979, I was given a sabbatical. And I knew what I had to do with this sabbatical. I had to settle it. What is Romans 9 saying about this God? Because if it's saying what it looks like it's saying, then many people don't know the true God. So for four months, I labored. And out of that laboring came something totally unexpected, namely the call to the pastorate. What God said in a sentence over and over again, long about October, November, is this. I, the God of Romans 9, will be heralded and not just analyzed or explained. I, the God of Romans 9, John Piper, will be proclaimed and heralded, not just analyzed and explained. October 14, 1979, late at night, and God came. And it was one of those times that It was like the time that uh, Blaise Pascal had. He wrote it down after it had happened, and he sewed it into his coat, and he wore it the rest of his life next to his heart. Midnight. Fire is the way Pascal said it. And I just went back yesterday and read my seven pages that I wrote for those several hours that night, and it begins like this. I am closer tonight to actually deciding to resign at Bethel and take a pastorate than I have ever been. The urge is almost overwhelming, and by 1 a.m. it was overwhelming. It takes this form. I am enthralled by the reality of God and the power of his word to create authentic people. That was my call away from Bethel to the pastorate. And then in the providence of God, this church called Marvin Anderson. And I answered the phone. And I didn't know where this church was. And he explained They were in a search process, and and I began to talk, and by February it was done. And in June 1980, I came. So I, I date my conversion, or I understand my conversion, my theological foundations in seminary, my call to the ministry and its confirmation, and my turn from being a teacher to a preacher and a pastor, all out of the milieu created by the book of Romans. Amazing. Explains why Romans is so interwoven into Piper's life and his ministry. Uh, he, was, he was saved at the age of six, or, or as he says in APJ 158, quote, God saved me out of a life of drugs and crime and sex when I was six years old. 
end quote. That's <laughs> such a great perspective on finding our identity uh, based on what God tells us he has done in us and who he is for us, particularly in a book like Romans. I pulled this clip from John Piper's April 26, 1998 sermon titled, The Author of the Greatest Letter Ever Written. If you have a sermon clip for me, email me your name, hometown, the sermon title, and the timestamp of where the clip happens in the audio. Tell me what stands out to you in it. Put the word clip in the subject line of an email and send it to me at askpastorjohn at desiringgod.org. That's an email address, askpastorjohn at desiringgod.org. Well, can God read our thoughts? Yes, he can. He sure can. And not only can he read our thoughts, he can read the intentions of our heart as well. So what are the implications of this? Many. Pastor John will dive into them on Friday. He and I will see you then. Thanks for listening.